Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com in beautiful Tucson, Arizona. 1490 on your AM dial, 104.9 on the FM dial. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host, along riding shotgun with me, Mr. Jim Mooney from Frontier, the owner of Frontier Towing, he and his brother. And Jim is becoming a regular guest on this program. He's a lot of fun. <laughs> he has a lot of experience and a, a lot of actual stuff that goes down on a daily basis he can share with us, and I really appreciate having him on. This portion of the show is actually brought to you by Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision. Spectrum 744-4454. They do everything from paint to detailing to pinstriping, windshield strips, uh, window tinting. They're the full gamut. 4425 West Ina Road. You can talk to anybody over there. You can get professional courtesy, professional work. It's just a place to go if you have the misfortune of a crash and you need body work or you got a little bald spot on top of your uh, roof from sunburn. You can get that fixed and they can match the paint. Computer, of course, everybody's using computer matching. Some people can just read a computer a little bit tighter, and um, Spectrum does an excellent job on that. Spectrum Minor Road Auto Collision, uh, 4425 West Iner Road, 744-4454. All right. Now, Jim, did you remember what you forgot? No, I forgot. I, I can't remember anything. But I... <laughs> I, I will. Do this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a shout out to somebody this morning who listens all the time. Yeah, Brian's still all over at uh, Cabo Pontiac Parts. Cabo Pontiac. I don't even know why I call it Cabo Pontiac. It's Cabo GMC and Buick. Mm-hmm. I can't. I just think Pontiac because it's, it was Pontiac dealer when I first got here. Anyways, guys, guy works in the parts department. He's uh, gets. If you need GM parts for your, for your Chevy or your four or your Chevy or your Buick or maybe your Pontiac. I go see him. He's a really good guy. Faithfully listens to to us all the time. Jerry says I talked to him just yesterday. So I was just going to give him a shout out. Oh, good. How about that? Well, good, good. You can say good. You can say good morning. I'm still waiting for somebody to call seven one nine fourteen ninety and tell me where all these car shows are today. It's going to be a beautiful day. Somebody knows something out there. They're probably on the way. And 719-1490, 719-1490, if you'd like to share 
where these uh, uh, car shows are. We'll put it out on the airways and see if we can't uh, make other people aware of where these good car shows are at. I haven't been to a bad car show yet. I've been to car shows that they call a car show that only had 10 cars and they just loved it. <laughs> but I'm simple, we, so, you know, that would account for that. We Seven one nine fourteen ninety. I'm sorry, we, what we should you be looking. We should be looking for the barbecue smoke. At the car show, there's usually always a barbecue going on, isn't there? You can always buy hamburgers and hot dogs there. I always look for the barbecue well, smoke, so... <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe follow my nose and see if I can find one. Well, you'll have to follow your nose. And the only only drawback on that is, one, you're in a car. Uh, Two, uh, Tucson's a sizable location now. (laughs) Yes, that's true. You can drive 30 miles without even seeing the barbecue smoke coming off a grill. And then all of a sudden you get about a mile from where it's at, then you'll see it. But it could be 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon because you've done run Tucson, crisscrossed it, and spent about a half tank of fuel just running around. So, yeah. Well, it's a good I it's prefer a good if they call us and a, tell us. Well, it's and a there good is thing a web I'm driving a gas car. Say what? It's a good thing I'm driving a gas car because I can stop at every QT and fuel up versus having to charge my car for 45 minutes. So what they should have is they should have the charging station wham, wham, wham. where the car show is at. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, uh, we had uh, the gentleman that called in on the hybrids versus the electric cars. And... Right now, I'd be a little bit concerned about the electric because one, I don't, I don't feel as though I have the 45 minutes or 30 minutes to sit there while I'm fueling up with electric. And I like the hybrid because the hybrid has, I have an option. I love options, but I also like the, uh, I like the electric cars. I think it has a place, and I think if you're doing in-town driving and you, you're. Uh, you know what your route's going to be, and you can uh, plan the time down to have it uh, recharged, then I, I think it's a great deal. But I have learned one thing about the electric cars. If you want 650 miles on electric car charge, you're going to wind up paying probably about 100000 plus for an electric car. And if you want to get uh, 250 miles on an electric car, you're not going to pay near that. You're going to pay around 30, 35,000, somewhere around there. And of course, you're going to get $7,500 off to help buy that. Now, word of caution: the depreciation on these electric cars, when it's calculated after you buy this car, the first thing you're going to take off of that is that government assistance of $7,500 that comes off the car value. So now that car has lost a lot of its value just because of the freebies that you get on the top side. There is no such thing as a free ride. Some, if you find something that's uh, it's, they're saying free, free this, free that, free this, free that, the warranty on a car used to be, and it probably still is, it's about $0.23 cents on the dollar that you buy for this car. That's your prepaid warranty on this car. So you say, oh, we give you a 100,000-mile warranty. We give you a 100,000-mile warranty. Really? I don't think so. 
if you take uh, just say, hey, why don't you just take that twenty three cents off of uh, the uh, of the dollar, the purchase price on this thing, and I'll fix it myself. Okay, so there's a hidden thing, and that's the reason cars cost a daggone much. That's one of the reasons, and but uh, so that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, we got a caller. Who is it? Uh, we got George on line one. All right, let's go to George. George, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Tucson, Arizona. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, You're my welcome. My dad has a, a car. He's got a 1977 uh, Ford F-150 stick shift. Man, if you could drive it, you would love it. But he also has a diesel uh, F-250 and it's a 2020, and I don't know how to, like, I'm going to inherit these vehicles, and I don't know how to, like, <laughs> handle these vehicles, because one is I know how to deal with the gasoline vehicle that I've handled, stick shift, clutch, all the stuff my my whole life. Like, I grew up with that mm-hmm. car or that truck, sorry. And but uh-huh. I don't know these new diesels and you like what you were talking about last hour. You were talking about like all these. Well, they have like we need to have all these n- not inverters, uh, 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 lubricants. The d- dip system. That's what you were saying. And lube. And, and I and I'm Go sort ahead. of I I don't know. It, it feels very strange that. A 2020 vehicle is not ready for 2020. I agree. Does that make sense? uh, So are you – yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, most diesel owners that buy a 2020 or or buy a first-time diesel, they don't don't realize what they have. And, you know, once you drive it, you'll know what you have. You have more power than you'll ever use on this Ford diesel. It is very powerful. And, but it, it's like anything else. It still takes fuel to run it, takes air to run it. And okay. it takes fuel, air, and compression to run a diesel. And if you interrupt any of those, like a clogged air filter, you're going to have a loss of power. Uh, if you don't change the oil on it, because that's super critical on the diesel. And, you know, so you have to maintain it under severe duty in the owner's manual. If you'll follow that, the additive that you're running in these late model diesels, it, no, but they it, are it's designed. It's an early model diesel. It's, I, I guess I'm asking Wait you. A minute. It's an early model diesel. It's a 2020. Oh, it, the, the, the first car that I was talking about was a 1997 or 1977 Ford pickup truck. But then, 150, he, right? Right. So, so now he's moved into a 2020 diesel because Power Stroke diesel, you know, like oh yeah, like oh yeah, like I mean, full on eighty thousand dollar truck. And, but I know right. that he's 
he's going to leave it to me at this point. Uh-huh. And so I'm just uh-huh. curious as, as a son, how can I help him? Because in his head, he's like, oh, no, it's just another truck. No big deal. And I'm like, Dad, right. I don't know, man. You're 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 you're, <laughs> you're you're driving down the wrong road, let's say, or you're 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 following down the wrong path. I don't know. I'm just curious what your what your thoughts are. Well, you got a uh, he has a 2020, and this is 2021, correct? Correct. To make sure, okay, good, because if he had a 2000. F-250 with a 7.3, that's a different animal altogether. But in 2020, you have to go to the owner's manual, the recommended stuff that they use in the owner's manual, the services, you go to severe duty. If you'll take his owner's manual and read the severe duty on it and stay with that program religiously, by the time he passes on or passes it to you, uh, you will have a good idea, and you can also help him maintain that thing according to the paperwork and the recommendations on these diesels. Everything in them is computer-controlled, everything. I mean, the fuel delivery system, the accelerator, everything is, is computer-controlled. So if you keep it maintained, which you will or it will go bye-bye prematurely, then it'll work. But if you don't keep the garbage out of those injectors and the garbage out of the fuel uh, lines and the pumps and the the regular maintenance on these things, it's going to eat you alive. If he drives that thing for 100,000 miles, and it should run 100,000 miles with, uh, with just survival maintenance, as I say. You know, oh, well, you know, I haven't changed the oil. No problem. And yeah. 11,000 miles, one of those deals. But if you'll read that owner's manual for him and get a basic idea of what he should be doing to it, yeah, you can help him out because he's, hey, I've had pickups, you know, he's got a, he's got a 77 F-150. Change your oil in it, change your air filter in it, tune it up every now and then, and it'll run. But with and a new diesels, car uh-uh. every now and then, no, and new clutch, he's, he's easy with that, but this new one, I don't know. I'm kind of afraid with it, you know. Mhm, mhm. Well, you need to respect it. They're they're built better than the '77 was, uh, and that that leads us into like a false security. False security. I mean, I run an ad. Say, hey, everything's computer controlled except for the actual maintenance on it. It'll say, oh, maintenance due. Okay, and you're going, well, what are they talking about? Okay. That's the reason I want you to read. You get his, you hold to his owner's manual and you read the service on that diesel and make sure he follows that. Then when he passes it on to you, you've got a good idea that, oh, this thing's been well taken care of. I know because I helped him do it or I helped him or, or put the information out there so that he could keep it up because he's your dad. He's going to be talking to you all the time about that truck. But, it's got to be maintained, buddy. It's absolutely sure. got to yeah. be maintained, for, for, George. For sure. For sure. That that that's why I'm calling you. I I just want to know what I need to do to help him because you know sometimes they get you know a little off, and I'm just hey man, I, I I'm a lover of trucks. There's a reason I'm listening to this show. 
I, I, I yep. want to, I want to know, I want information. So please, please grace me with that. I am gracing you with it. The best way I know how, because the, you, you go to the owner's manual, that's a manufacturer's, uh, it'll, and, and read, especially when it gets down to servicing a diesel. Because if you don't service a diesel, a Jim should be chiming in right now. I can't believe he hadn't already chimed in. But what you've got to maintain them. Now, Jim. <laughs> what I was going to say is that, yeah, I get where, where you're at. Um, it's, it's brand new. How many miles does this thing have on it? Oh, man. It's not my truck. I don't know. Like, I, I, like oh. Do you know your neighbor's truck? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. No, I just just curious. Does he drive it a lot or does he drive it a little? No, a little. It, it, it's a it, it's for driving up to uh, Greer, and then uh-huh. uh, but he parks it in the in the garage mostly, and he drives his other cars to go golfing. So okay, it's well, just right. sort of well, a, well, well, go borrow it from him and drive it. Because here's what we see: um, they when they sit. Things go bad. So cars today need to be ran. They need they cars sitting idle um, cause a lot of issues. The fuel doesn't get ran around. The oil sits coagulating. Um, the filters get get water sediment in them. Run it, run it for a while. Go out, take it out, and borrow it from him. You know, and then and then that that'll do two things. One, that'll get you familiar with the truck. Two, that'll if if you want to take it and get it, help him get it serviced, you'll understand what. What needs to be done, like when the fuel filters need to be changed, you know, and the oils need to be changed, you'll you'll start understanding what it takes to do all that. And even simple things like the cabin filter, all that stuff goes bad just sitting around. Um, Jerry talks about the guy over at Parker. Parker's a huge proponent of cooling systems. Um, he'll talk about how the, the thermostat will, will stick and then open up uh, really quickly and causing a hot water to flow through your radiator causing damage. Well, causing extended damage over time, but um, if you run them, you'll you'll see how these things work. So, borrow it from me one day. Take it out this Saturday. Take it out for a drive. Take it out and go pull something with it, you know. And then you'll 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 get more more familiar with the truck. So when it does come time for you, you'll be uh, you'll be much familiar. You'll be very familiar with the vehicle, and you'll understand when the service needs to take place. And then you'll also get a note a feel for it. So like. If the if the vehicle's running rough, you know your dad comes to you and says, "Hey, I don't think it's running right." You'll you'll have a frame of reference to say, "Look, it was running this way. Now it's not." So you can you can have a better handle on what to do when when you do have to take it in to get it repaired. Right. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Man. Keep in yeah. mind a diesel, George. Sorry. A diesel is designed to work. It's actually not designed for a grocery getter. So your dad driving that thing up to the mountain is the best thing he can do for that truck because, one, it's got massive amount of torque and horsepower, and you won't use it. It needs When he goes to the mountain, the only thing going to the mountain would be better is if he's towing a backhoe on the back of a trailer or something like that. That big <laughs> diesel pulling, needs he's to work. Pulling, he's definitely pulling, like, a toy hauler, like a or a camper, like a big, like I I would say like a twenty six footer, like behind that truck. That's why he bought that truck. He didn't buy it Perfect. for just just 
like Gr- going he's grocery. buying that yeah. for that reason. Like sometimes Good. he pulls it up to Greer to park his trailer up there, and sometimes he pulls sure. it up the whatever or to Willow Springs, and he drops off his trailer, and he's going uh, hunting for deer. Like, like he's oh, he's good. using it for good reasons. He's not using it for bad. Reasons. Well, when he uses it the way he's using it, when you get it, it'll be a good vehicle as long as he keeps it serviced. And the only way you're going to know that is you have to get into that owner's manual of his truck and go to the back and read what the service intervals are supposed to be on there and make sure he maintains it. Now the service intervals change. If you pull the toy hauler and the big trailers and stuff like he's doing, go to severe, look at severe duty. And if you'll maintain that thing under severe duty with the way he's driving it and pulling these good loads, uh, then you're going to have a good piece of equipment when he does pass it on to you. If you don't help him maintain it, and I'm, I'm, I'm of the older generation, and every now and then we flat forget, oh, it runs so perfect. I have mine set up on the computers at the shop. Those guys notify me when my oil change needs to be there because I'm busy. I don't really know at what, but I'm busy. And you don't bother looking at that little window sticker. And then now they've got all these little gadgets inside that Ford that tell you, oh, you need your oil change. You need your oil change. The only problem I have with that is how much damage has it actually done before that little light comes on and says, oh, you need your oil changed? And so that's the reason I question that. However, get it on a regular interval and help him follow the line. And like Jim says, if you leave those things sitting uh, and you think, wow, it's just been sitting for the last you know year because I hadn't gone hunting or a medical emergency come up and we didn't go this year, uh, and that vehicle's just sitting, nothing's rotating. Nothing is rotating. The transmission fluid's not rotating. The engine oil's not rotating. The differential fluid's not rotating. The brake fluid's not rotating. Everything's just kind of sitting there waiting. So that's the reason you need to get in that um, owner's manual, George, and find out what he needs to do and just kind of help him along. You know, but as long as he's working that son of a gun like he's pulling, that is absolutely perfect for a diesel. That's what that truck was designed to do. So congratulations to your dad. You're going to wind up having a good vehicle as long as you maintain it. Thank you, my friends. I I really appreciate the advice. I will take it, and I listen to you guys every every show. So I'm a big fan. Thank you guys so much for taking the call. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, George. Good night, buddy. And that... That 77's a good one, too. <laughs> I, I like the older trucks. I'm just, you know, I love the older trucks. But I also love that big diesel. I have a big diesel with all this power. And I know how critical it is. And, you know, I just, I look for stuff to pull with it just to work the engine, to keep it running clean and keep it in operating temperature long enough to actually clear out the exhaust system. You know, even when it hits regen. You know, I don't mind burning that DEF on through it. That's what it says it's supposed to do. And so I'm going to run it. And I drive it a lot of times. If, you know, I'll make an excuse to go to Benson or Wilcox or go, go get some pie and Wilcox apple pie 
or something just to get that son of a gun on the road and get it up to operating temperature for extended periods of time. And that way it gets – Dad used to say, that thing needs to go out on the road and you need to blow it out. You blow out a 900-foot pound of torque diesel, you better be in about low gear or second gear. Bring it up to around 28, 2900 RPM. But if you do it with overdrive, you're going to be running 110 miles an hour, and that is against the law. So, you know, yes, you can clean a diesel engine out, running it on the freeway. You pull it down in second gear, bring your RPM up, and just watch the RPM up. Run it for about 15 minutes on the freeway, then upshift it on into the fuel-saving area. And it'll, it'll, it runs a lot better. The best my diesel ever run, my 06 Dodge, was when my son borrowed it and towed a 30, 20, 28-foot Sea Ray boat or something to Roosevelt Lake. Oh, my gosh. He brought it back, and I thought I had a new truck. Absolutely was amazed at the difference in the way that diesel actually run. And all he did was just borrow it and tow the mountains with it, hauling a big load. And that son of a gun responded. It cleaned it out. And so, you know, I thought, okay, y'all can borrow this one anytime you want to. You know, that's the theory behind that, and it worked. So, in fact, 99% of the stuff that we regurgitate here on this program has been on basic experience, either from Jim or Brian Fuller or me. Like I said, I've probably blown up everything you can blow up. I've towed with everything that wasn't supposed to be used for that load. Um, so I know what wears out. I know what can go wrong, and I'm just trying to pass it on so that you don't have that expense of saying, oops, because anytime you're driving your vehicle and all of a sudden you say, oops, you have just figured out that you're going to have to spend a lot of money in order to continue driving. So heads up. <laughs> well, Jim, yeah, you want to add what, anything what, to that? Oh, I was going to say, well, people forget about when they're when they're towing with a diesel, especially a new one like that one. Um, mm-hmm. when you're when you're pulling that the exhaust gets really really hot and the whole point of the regenning of the of with the DEF with the diesel emission fluid and the particulate can is to burn the the exhaust into an inert gas and when you're towing that thing gets it gets so hot it, it it just basically turns everything in there to to ash and extended extended hot like that um cleans actually cleans the system out i mean i know it sounds crazy but the extent not we're not talking about overheating them but regular just extended pulling with them gets that it gets exhaust so hot that it 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 does this function of the regenning what they call passive regenning it's just it's doing it on its own and it makes the reason why they run better is because anything that was just hanging out in there that could have been partially plugging the particulate can is now just just vaporized because you ran it nice and hard. That's why I said run them because they because they they sit around and that stuff accumulates, nothing gets moved, and then you start to use it, and and now a little bit more stuff gets piled in there and doesn't get cleaned out good enough, so a little bit more gets piled in there and and the um, the truck breaks down. We um when uh. We tow trucks from construction sites frequently. Um, they sit and idle. They idle for extended periods, and the and the diesels, there's, they never get hot. It doesn't get hot enough to to clean itself out. Trucks that like water trucks that that drive literally 
four miles an hour spraying water on a job site or on a road. And it never gets hot enough to, to clean the, the exhaust system out. So they get towed back to the shop because, well, they're plugged up. And that's why I say run them. Run them up. Run them up. Uh, don't kill it, but run it nice and good, and you'll find out that it, wor- that it works a lot better. Keeps everything moving. That's right. That's right. That's, mm-hmm. that's what that's I got right. to say. All right. That, that, breaks that, down, that would be, that's good. That's good. All right, I got a couple more tickets I need to give away uh, uh, for callers. I uh, see Andrew said, "What what do we have? One went the last hour." Uh, yeah, we have a Andrew, one winner there? from the last hour, Jerry. So I think you got three sets left. All right, I got three sets of tickets for callers one, two, and three. Seven one nine fourteen ninety. And that's to the Tucson Speedway tonight. They've got a heck of a show. They've got the trucks. It's called a Roadrunners. Uh I, I don't know why you call it Roadrunners, but they've got the uh NASCAR trucks, they've got the modifieds, they got pro stocks, they've got hornets, they got the mini stocks. And the gates open at five o'clock. And this is going to be one heck of a show. For the ones of you that haven't seen these little trucks run, uh, that is quite a quite a spectacular little run you've got going there. And it's got a good lineup, the modifieds, all of those. Uh, I've seen them. A lot of people see them. <coughs> they got the truck series on um, uh, the TV now in NASCAR. And these trucks look like those little trucks they've got it, uh, on NASCAR. And they really put on a, a good performance. So callers one, two, and three for the remaining three, four pack family pack of tickets that we have to give away. In other words, you get you win a ticket, you can take three of your family members plus you. That's what I mean by a four pack. All right. All right. Uh, how many and, races are in left? Addition, huh? I don't know. How many uh, how many races are left? It's gotta be getting close to the end, right? Uh, yeah, should be, and uh, you know the season should be running out. But I don't, I don't have a schedule right in front of me. Uh, you can go to Tucson Speedway uh, website and you can pick up the uh, schedule. Go for 2021 schedule, and uh, you can pick that up. I get my information differently than y'all do, because I just, you know, they, they, I have these tickets to give away that they, they are. It's promotion. And um, so there you go on that. Uh, also, uh, automotive specialist, Mr. Kess, first don't guess, 3611 West Ina Road, Suite 101, Meredith and Ina. That would be Brian Fuller. Uh, his office number is 572-1734. His cell number is 237-3852. You want to talk to Mitch at 572-1734, or if you want Brian's personal cell, it's 237-3852. Automotive Specialist, AZ.com. You can go to his website. You can find out anything you want to about uh, Automotive Specialist. Excellent website, by the way. And you can you, you'll be all right if you do that with uh, Brian Fuller, Mr. Test First Don't Guess, and he will tell you, I talked to him last night, and, yeah, they're busy. Yeah, they run a schedule. Uh, but don't – you just – don't start replacing parts until you have a good diagnosis on a vehicle. You'll spend a fortune. 
you you can spend a just a bunch of money because well, you read something or I mentioned or I, I mentioned something on the radio about okay it could be this or it may be this and you say oh well I think mine's this way too. You need to make sure before you start buying parts because car parts are like everything else. Everything keeps going up, okay? And the availability of parts is getting harder because of the COVID is what they're telling us. And so you don't need to go out and start buying a bunch of expensive parts if you don't know that it's going to cure the vehicle. So be sure and get a good diagnosis on it. Test first, don't guess. AutomotiveSpecialistAZ.com. They're open Monday through Friday, and, you know, recently I understand he's having to work Saturday. Last weekend he worked Saturday and Sunday trying to get the overload out. So because he couldn't get the parts during the week to fix it, and he showed up late on Friday. So that's the problem that he has with that, and that's automotive specialist. Merle's Auto, I mentioned it last hour. I need to mention it just a little bit more. Because Merrill's Auto has about 10 locations in Tucson, then they had them scattered out all over the state. Uh, they have them in um, Green Valley, Casa Grande, uh, Sierra Vista. So they're, they're just scattered out. And you can go to MerrillsAuto.com and find the store in Tucson the closest to you. MerrillsAuto.com, they are open today. They're open every Saturday. And you can get a good quality parts. You can get OE parts. They got them in the white boxes. And you can get additives. You can get knowledgeable counter people sitting there that'll be happy to answer any questions you have. And the thing that I like about it, you can go in there. If you can look at a schematic or look and just give them a general direction so they can pull up a schematic and tell them what you're working on, then you'd be surprised at how much help they can actually give you. Yeah, well, you you really don't need an injector pump. Maybe you need a lift pump that feeds the injector pump. That's just an example. So, you know, just make sure you test first and don't guess, okay? All right, Jim, where are we at? Did you forget Parker? (laughs) Did you you forget Brian? No, I I haven't forgotten any of those yet. I just want to get our... Tickets out, and thanks for reminding me because, yeah, uh, I do forget on occasions. All right, one thing that I wanted to uh, go with. I didn't mean forget in a bad way. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, (laughs) But that's for another show. Um, Towing and heating, exhaust systems, and load Pulling expectations, okay? You're going to, let's take uh, Georgia's 2024 diesel. And let's take that 77 Ford F-150 with a stick in it. Now, you take that big F-250. I'm sure that Georgia's dad does not pull all of these toy haulers and stuff with his little 77 Ford. If he did, he probably wouldn't have bought that 220. When you're towing, Get the size truck to do the job. Don't expect that 77-150 to pull what that 2020 diesel can pull. Realistic expectations on the tow capability of the vehicle that you're driving. Now, if you're pulling a little tent trailer, you can probably put it behind that 77 and run away with it up these mountains. 
If you're pulling a toy hauler, you're going to work that little 77 to death. You're going to be down to 5 and 10 mile an hour on some of those grades trying to get this big load up the mountain. That is called vehicle abuse. There is, there is no other word for it. It's going to overheat. It's going to cook the transmission fluid even in the standard because you're going to be down so low, the transmission is going to be working so hard, and you're going to create a problem. Plus, if you've got a big cab over camper or something sitting on a half ton, it's designed for a half ton. How much weight is a half ton, Jim? Half ton. Half ton is, is so, 1,000 pounds. Yep. And you sit there and you put a 2,300 pounds on it, or you put a camper that weighs, uh, uh, you know, 4,000 pounds in the bed of that truck. Is that not just a little bit of an overload? Well, it's, it's hugely amount, immense of overload. Um, <laughs> you, you bring up a, a very interesting, uh, point, Jerry. So, um, I see this from the crash side. Okay, so when when I'm in doing my job, I get to see the mix-matched truck and trailer combination from the crash scene point of view. Um, uh-huh. I'll just interrupt you here real quick, Jerry. Um, just because I'm doing fine doesn't mean you should be towing with it. <clears throat> so if you think you're going to pull a 23-foot bumper pull Airstream with a Ford Taurus, guess again, guys, you might Get it going, but you're not going to stop. That trailer's going to wag you all over the place. There isn't enough brakes on the planet to to, to drive this thing. You're, it just doesn't work. So when Jerry says match the truck to the load, he's exactly right. Um, I've been to many a crash site that have trailers have jackknifed the tow vehicle because it was the it was improperly balanced. So for example, they had when when you're towing a vehicle there's what they call tongue weight how much weight you put on the on the vehicle that's towing the trailer i've seen them where they're so overloaded that the front wheels are off the ground sends people into <laughs> jackknife conditions t- cars tipped up on their sides and the trailer standing up laying over um i've seen them where the the literally like a little S10 blazer standing on its nose literally the bumpers on the nose and the trailers and the and the and the truck are in like a A. They look like an A. One, the tail the tail of the truck's in the air, and the bumper of the car is in the air, and of the the the, the ball of the trailer's in the air, and and the thing's just sitting there. You don't even know how they got that way, but they do. So mat- matching the load to the to the vehicle is incredibly important. If you don't know, seek out some advice, please, please. Trailer brakes, yes, they're important. You got to have them. Some trailers don't. Uh, some trailers don't. But it's really, really critical to match the truck to the trailer or the tow vehicle to the trailer. So, Absolutely. let your caller jump in there. Absolutely. Jay. All right, who we got? Uh, we got Bill calling in. All good right, morning. Bill. Good morning. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Show. You know, you were talking to the gentleman that had the 77 Ford and the new diesel, and you, you made a couple of comments about the oil life monitor. Um, mm-hmm. I have two Ford cars, and I have the factory service booklet 
or service information to both cars, and they explain how the oil life monitor works, and I think it's pretty good. Um, it looks at crankshaft rotations, how many cold starts, and hot idle time, and calendar days. And, and it works pretty good. I have a 2011 Mustang that I don't drive often, and the oil life monitor will go off at 11 months, and three thousand miles. <laughs> so, uh, so it it tells me to ch- it tells me to ch- and, and it's like clockwork. I because I write down when I change the oil, when I reset the monitor, and it is almost to the day eleven months, and it'll go off and tell me I have ten percent oil life left. Now the flip side is I have a Grand Marquis that I drive daily. And the oil life monitor on that generally goes off between five and seven thousand miles. So, and, and I run full synthetic, which is for me that's that's. Uh, and I, I've put two hundred thousand miles on every Grand Marquis I've ever owned, and five thousand mile oil changes with full synthetic is not a problem. Um, so I, I like Ford's oil life monitor, and, and now I've never run it to zero percent. I always change it when it says ten percent life remaining. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it obviously the algorithm they're using, I, I think, is pretty good. I I don't think it it looks at the odometer at all. I, th- I think it's it's the cold starts and how many days and uh, hot idling. I like it. I like it. I know when they first yep. come out with those monitors, they weren't quite as accurate. And I well, just, you know, I, I get a little nervous. You know, I'm from the old three uh, three thousand mile oil change. You know, that's what I remember the most. And I run full synthetic for a reason because it's the best thing I can put in a vehicle. And it does. You can go to extended. And then I've seen people that will run the full synthetic like you're running there. Of course, yours is probably a 2011 Mustang, isn't it? Is it, it required full synthetic, or was it a blend? No, no, it's mandatory. The Grand Marquis uh, synthetic blend, but I run full, but the, the Mustang was mandatory full synthetic. Good, good. Well, you should be... But anyhow, I... Go ahead. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is I think uh, 3,000-mile oil changes back in the day uh, was the right thing. But, uh, you know, now that you've got something that kind of monitors how many cold starts and you're hot idle. uh, Now, on the Mustang, Ford says I can go 11,000 miles between oil changes. Sure. But but the oil life monitor – which I give it credit, on that 11th month, it tells me I have 10% life remaining, even though I've only driven 3,000 miles. So uh, I, 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 I like it, I, and I, I live by it. And like I said, uh, uh, at least with my Grand Marquis, I always get 200,000 miles out of them. So, um, you know, it, it obviously is a good thing Marquis to follow. Excellent. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Well, if, I had, if you don't have a regular maintenance program set up and somebody uh, helping you pay attention on these things, yeah. I, I, hey, it's better than nothing. 
And, uh, yeah. you know, I yeah. took my little Honda in and had it changed. It had 15% left on the oil change. And the guy said, well, you got 15%. Are you sure you want an oil change? Yeah, <laughs> because I will probably forget it before the next time. <laughs> so every, right. everything. Now, the only thing on the 3,000-mile oil changes, there is a uh, thing like with the uh, – the Fords with the EcoBoost motors and stuff like this. When you have a construction truck that runs heavy constructions, it's not over the road. It's in dirt piles and stuff like this. They recommend that you go to a what is it? It's called an abs or a severe severe duty. It's like a double extreme severe duty is what they call it. And if you're running one of those in construction, that's all you do. They recommend to this day three thousand mile oil change. And they don't care what you're running. Well, yeah. And I thought yeah, that, I that, thought that was that was pretty amazing. So there's the exception to that rule. But I like the yeah. way that you're doing that, and I love the marquee. Yeah, I do too. Well, I, I like your show, and I just wanted to comment about that, and uh, sure appreciate you guys staying on the air. Well, I sure do appreciate the information and the feedback on this. A lot of people out there haven't realized, or they're they're skeptical about the oil life monitor. You know, I've, I've read up on the oil life monitor for the General Motors products, and I know how they gauge it. And I'm going, okay, the only thing that makes me really nervous is at 5% less or 10% less, am I doing any damage to this vehicle? Because that oil is pretty much wore out. When you get down that far, it's pretty much worn out. I don't know what their parameter is that they're using to say, okay, it's okay to run a car at 5% left on the oil condition. And that's that's my only, uh, only hang-up on this. You know, if I were going to just drive it for three years and get rid of it, that would be different. But I'm not. I'm planning. My, my vehicles turn out to be a family member. So, yeah, I'm the same yeah, way. Yeah. Super information. Thank you so super. much. Thank you for the call. All right, buddy. All right, bye. Bye-bye. All right. A couple more people I need to get in here, too. One, I don't know how many tickets are gone, but 719-1490, if you haven't made the call to find out if the tickets are left. So, and that's going to be one heck of a race tonight. (laughs) Lens Auto Broker and LensAutoBrokerage.com. Brian told me just put the website out there because everything on there about their business is on that website, lensautobrokerage.com. And then you can go to desertrv.com, desertrv.com. That's a division or part of Lens Auto Brokerage. It's out of town. But you can go in there and find out what kind of RVs he has. It's hunting season. You may want to pick up a tow behind or a fifth wheel or something like that. They have them. DesertRV.com and LensAutoBrokerage.com. If you want to kick a tire at Lens Auto Brokerage, go by 2101 North Stone Avenue. And you can actually go by there and uh, kick a tire. If you spot something that you like and you want to see it up close and personal, go on by. Parker Automotive, uh, that's that's an absolutely excellent shop in Tucson, Arizona. He's located at 5101 North Speed or East Speedway, 323-1960. You can talk to Ryan or Scott at Parker Automotive. Got a beautiful building over on Speedway. They got pickup and delivery. Uh, they've got all the uh, 
technical equipment they need to diagnose and fix just anything that you want to have. They do domestic and foreign cars and pickups and light diesels. So uh, Parker Automotive, and Mike Parker is the owner, and I talked to him early last week, and life is good over there. They're staying busy. It's by appointment. Uh, you will not be disappointed. 323-1960. Merrill's Automotive, don't forget, they have a machine shop service for turning rotors, uh, uh, drums, and surfacing flywheels, and they're open on Saturday at 15 West Ajo, 15 West Ajo at Merrill's. I will add that to the previous ad. So if you want, uh, you know, if you're on, you do it yourself, and you need to, you're doing brakes and need this service, Merrill's Automotive, 15 West Ajo. All right. 719-1490. It's still open lines. It's still open lines. You know, appreciate the call from Bill on the Mustangs. Uh, and the way he handles his car, it's a first-hand testimony on why he can get the mileage out of these vehicles and what he uses to help himself gauge and stay on top of his service. Read the owner's manual and follow the severe duty. You're in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, he's got a Mustang. He's got an oil life monitor on it. It may not be under a severe loop. I don't know. But if it comes on at 11 months at uh, 3K and it tells him, then uh, he probably got a little pumped up engine in there or a little bit of high performance involved. Uh, Mercury Mark Q, uh, Key is an absolutely excellent vehicle, excellent ride, and they last a long time, and they get good fuel economy, too. I was really surprised at the ones that I've seen and known people that own these things at the type of fuel economy they get when they're out on the, on the roads, and even around town is good. I mean, it, it matches right up there with these little SUVs and stuff. I mean, it's just a good vehicle. So he's doing a good job of maintaining it, and I appreciate him calling in and, and shedding some light, some actual stuff on this is what I've done and this is how my vehicles run. I really, really appreciate that. 719-1490. We're running out of time here pretty quick. So uh, if you have any comments or if you want to sneak in uh, where the car show, by all means, 719-1490. All right, towing and heating and load pulling expectations. Remember, what I do, and I've been towing since I can remember, is when I go buy a vehicle, I get the vehicle one size bigger than what I think I'm going to need. I got to a point one time I was pulling with a one-ton, and I traded trucks, and I went to an F450 and to pick up the additional pull power that I knew that I was going to have to have, and that was a good move. You know, you needed five acres to turn to make a U-turn, but as far as getting a load down the road without the wobbles and the moving it around and having the 19-inch rotors on the back of that thing to help stop the load in addition to the brakes on the trailer, um, it worked perfect. Uh, if you get, if you're pulling a half ton load and you get a quarter ton truck, uh, like Jim was saying, and I've seen it firsthand with customers who did that and it didn't work out very well for them. They rolled everything and spent some time in a hospital. But make sure that you match that load, whatever you do. And don't do this crap that I've seen people do. They go down to an RV dealership and they say, oh, well, you know, this is a beautiful 26 foot tow behind 
and they've got a little short wheelbase mini or short wheelbase van, or they have a like a little old Ford Ranger or a little Toyota Tacoma that's a the quarter ton, and uh, and they want to tow with it. You need to match the load. The guy selling you the trailer probably understands that, oh, well, you need a bigger truck. And most of them will tell you, you really ought to step up the size of the truck. So listen to them when they tell you that. And if they don't tell you that, take a look at it. Park your truck beside of that trailer and say, hey, does it look like it has the ability to stop or handle a crosswind? If it don't, uh, you need to go to plan number two because the results that you can get into in a hurry without realizing it is a crosswind going through Grant, going through Picacho and hit that crosswind coming across there. And, you know, the wind will be coming across at all 50, 55 mile an hour sideways. Well, you're towing a billboard behind you as far as the resistance, side resistance on these things. And it will absolutely, it'll turn the trailer over and turn the tow vehicle over with it, and then it's a miss. And that's what Jim's alluding to in previous conversation. Um, don't expect, and when you're pulling the mountains and you've got a big load, and that thing starts overheating, well, you're working it to death. Pull off the, get, they've got pull-offs. Pull off and let that thing cool down, and then after it cools down, go ahead and put it in gear and take on off. But remember that you overheated it, and when you get back to Tucson or wherever home base is, make sure that you check the fluid in the transmission and check it for the color. If it's a brown fluid and it's supposed to be orange, that means it's been cooked pretty good. That means it's service time. I don't care if you did it when you left Tucson and you just hit the mountains and you're going to Flagstaff. If it's cooked when you get there, if you can find a place that will just suck it out and change the fluid in it for you, do it. Just do it, and then you will uh, make sure that you have a proper lube in that because you don't know what you're going to get into when you come back to Tucson. I've done that in, when I went to Flagstaff, and, you know, I cooked the transmission fluid going up a mountain pulling with a one-ton. And when I got there, I pulled a stick. I looked at it. It's a wrong color. It's almost brown, actually. And I took it into a little speed shop around there, and I said, hey, I need this fluid changed. And I had it changed, felt a lot more comfortable. I still drove the unit for two, three years after that. I had no transmission problems. I did wear out the transmission eventually. Completely wore it out. Word <laughs> wouldn't even pull. And it wasn't cooked. It was just worn completely out. They are a mechanical device that is subject to wear out. Keep the fluid changed. Use a quality fluid. Don't be jacking around with the different viscosity with the oil unless you're running a... Uh, um, echo boost, and I'd step it from a 5W20 to a 5W30 just because of the nine-foot timing chain in the front of that thing. All right, what else you got, Jim? We're running out of time. Well, just real quick, um, if, if you're going to get a vehicle, you decide you want to go camping or that, you know, the outdoors is your new home, um, and you match your vehicle to your, your, your trailer to your tow vehicle, um, you need to practice. You didn't learn how to drive a car oh, in one day. Yeah. You need to learn how to practice driving a trailer. Um, get seek out some help from somebody who has done it. Uh, go go find some instruction uh, because if you think you're just going to get in the thing and start driving, you, there's a lot of unknowns that you 
that are going to come upon you that you're not going to know how to handle. And then that's going to lead to a crash or a breakdown or something that's going to ruin your whole weekend. So let's avoid that and let's do some practice. Let's do some do some investigation before we start. You, you did and learn to you learn to use the mirrors on the vehicle. The, that's uh, part of the, the practice. two side mirrors. Ah, yep, that's part of training. And you got to know where it is. Absolutely. Commercial truck drivers go to because, school. Yep. It's it's super important. It's, just, it's super important because uh, nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, particularly me. <laughs> I don't want to see yeah. you get hurt. <clears throat> well, the the biggest thing that I found when you're towing a, a bumper pull or you're towing a big fifth wheel and you're out on the freeway is lane change. When you get ready to make a lane change and you move out of the middle lane and go to the right lane because you've got an exit coming up in about a mile and a half, and if the people are coming up, you have already decreased your speed and the speed limit is 95 miles an hour on I-10, somebody's coming up on that right side, you need to pre-plan before you just pull over. All right, we're out of time. Till next week.